Where does it go? Where does it go? All of that cast off junk, where does it go? Welcome to Where Does It Go, a podcast about curious endings and all kinds of things. This is Sarah. And I'm Emily. And today, I'm going to be talking about floriography or the secret language of flowers. I have heard of this and then know nothing about it at the same time. Yeah, so it's an interesting subject. And the reason why we're talking about this is because two weeks ago, I started working at a flower shop part time. And it's been a really, really good time. But then, you know, because my brain is super active constantly, I was like, why the heck do we give each other flowers? Like, why do we have flowers as, you know, if if I go into the flower shop and I'm like, it's my anniversary, I want to give my partner a dozen red roses because red roses are for love. Why? Why does it mean that? Mm-hmm. Why? I just wanted to know why. Like, the symbolism is fascinating to me, and I just uh, wanted to know. So this is a short but charming subject, and it involves Victorian people, so... There you go. (laughs) (laughs) So floriography is the language of flowers. And it is not. So if you go on YouTube and you're looking for a video about the language of flowers, there's a really great one um, that is a TED Talk that is not about this language of flowers. It's actually about how flowers trick um, pollinators to come to them and uh, actually use, use them and pollinate other things this is not about that this this is actually like secret coded messages and flowers and it's basically a language of symbolism using plants and flowers to convey a message to a sender to a recipient like to i want to send my roses to my secret lover so nobody knows so that that you know i can convey my love (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so it wasn't has been popular throughout history in various forms um, on most of the continents that there are flowers, which is, I think, all of them except for Antarctica <laughs> and through various cultures. So floriography or floral symbolism, as we know it, that is common in the West, um, had its roots kind of in the Hebrew Bible, the Christian Bible, as well as in Christianity in general. Um, the So I know that there's various religious art that has floral symbolism in it, and they mean various different things um, about the crucifixion or whatever. But this floriography uh, that we know that the Victorians made their own, that we're familiar with, had its roots in Persia in the Middle East in the 15th century. So a few articles that I read, and I don't like to make assumptions that articles on the internet are true, especially if they're not about a culture that I know a lot about, but said that harem members used coded flower messages and meanings to send to the people outside, especially if they have lovers outside. And the practice was called salam. It was basically a mnemonic device for the first names of the flowers. And the first names of the flowers had to do with poetry. So 
they would send these flowers on the outside or the flowers would come in on the inside and it would be like a secret meeting between the two people that were sending it, which is pretty cool and nice. Um, However, it does even date back further to ancient China where we have uh, evidence that uh, floral symbolism was used. So Victorian England got a hold of it and made it their own, like I said. So Lady Mary Wortley Montague, um, she was the ambassador's wife to the uh, Turkish, to the Ottoman Empire. And so she learned about Salam and was completely fascinated with it. So she uh, introduced it to England and then she popularized the idea of floral symbolism in letters she was sent back to her friends in Europe, kind of revealing the secret language that she had learned of. And uh, she, she, uh, her letters are now famous and were later published as the Turkish embassy letters. So the, the one that we're more familiar with came through M- Lady Mary Wortley, what she learned when she was the British ambassador to Constantinople when she was the British ambassador's wife um, and then kind of sent it back. And, you know, as Victorians did, they took it and they kind of grabbed hold of it. And it was, you know, amazing for them. And they they had tons of fun with it. Um, But of course, like I mentioned before, there's a ton of floral symbolism in literature from Shakespeare to the Bronte sisters. And even J.K. Rowling had some in her books religious art but what we're focused on here is victorians and the fun that they had with it so the victorians got a hold of it and it kind of took europe by storm and they had that there ended up being tons of books encyclopedias uh, about decor meanings of how to use the codes of flowers to send to people Um, so the practice was you would send a tussy mussy or a nosegay I love these words Mm -hmm. and they were tiny bouquets of herbs and flowers and each flower and herb had their own meaning and how and even how the person held the bouquet or wore the bouquet had coded meanings between the sender and receiver so if i got a tussy mussy from you know my husband and we were secret lovers at the time and uh i decided to wear it over my heart that's a you know that means oh yeah you know you're gonna get some friend (laughs) (laughs) but if i wore it on not over my heart or somewhere else like on my you know on the other side uh, that would be friend zoning him, basically. Oh, so so, it, so the left side, it's I I'm yours. The right side is uh, we're buds. Yes, exactly. So he would send me a tussy mussy. I would have my cool little pin that was like I don't know if you've ever seen those really neat little pins. They look like bud vases. But oh yeah. Pins, that's what those were for. They're for little tussy mussies. And oh. then she pinned it. She pinned it to her bosom. And then he would see it and he'd be like, oh, I am friend zoned or oh, it's on. We're, we're going to meet by the fence and like stare at each other longingly because I don't know if they made out. I have no idea. It was back in Victorian England. I think they only thought about it, tortured themselves. <laughs> <laughs> 
So uh, floral dictionaries were everywhere. And the problem became that floral dictionaries were everywhere. And some floral dictionaries differed, like the flower messaging system. It was not email, it was floral mail. (laughs) The flowers, depending on the floral dictionary, would the meaning would change between dictionaries. So you had to make sure that your your lover, your friend, whatever, had the same meaning in mind with the flowers. Usually they matched up, sometimes they didn't. There was a ton of like, there's a ton of flowers. And if you are at all curious about uh, meanings, um, I, I did write some down, but it is so exhaustive. You can go to a to zflowers.com and they have a huge thing about the language of flowers and you can just pick a sentiment and you can find like you can find the floral symbolism of all of them like elegance determination whatever you can you can find pretty much a flower for this for this kind of feeling you want to convey it's very fascinating it's kind of amazing yeah so I did write down some common Victorian meanings for certain flowers and uh, carnations who knew Um, we don't sell carnations at the flower shop but uh, carnations themselves like they depending on the color of the carnation can mean anywhere from like I don't like you to uh, I want to meet you under the tree and have a hot tryst kind of a thing like it it's really fascinating and I didn't think we had they had that many colors of carnations I thought that was like a a modern thing I thought like new the new carnations were like all just a, a matter of like modern breeding but apparently there was a lot of them because carnations can mean a lot of stuff so of oh, course most we definitely yeah, yeah so of course we have the roses um you know, if I was going to send you a friendship rose, Emily, what color would it be? Do you know? Yellow, I think. Exactly. So we know Why do some I know of that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So some of us know this stuff. Like it kind of, it's been inspired and we kind of like have absorbed it, which is very interesting. And what about purity? Which rose do you think that is? Oh, goodness. White? Of course, a white rose for purity. So usually white flowers are purity. Black flowers were grief. Marigolds were grief, supposedly, which I had no idea. That's kind uh, of a bummer. I like marigold. I do too. Uh, lavender uh, could be mistrust. And the uh, the YouTube video uh, I watched of this very lovely uh, lady that does uh, Victorian kind of talks and dress dresses in Victorian dress said that it was because uh, the the snake could uh, lay in the lavender and you always distrust the snake because the Garden of Eden and the snake told Adam and Eve to eat the apple or told Eve to eat the apple and then you know Eve brought the fall of humanity etc. <laughs> so there's all these like crazy meanings to it that I found just completely fascinating. I lost you there for a second, Sarah. Of course, the iris is the national flower of France. Had no idea. It means faith, hope, wisdom, and valor all together. 
lilies being the first emotions of love. Uh, lilacs the color purple uh lilacs various colors of course purple being love white being purity uh peonies mean devotion forget me nots guess what that means uh don't forget me exactly how did you know (laughs) i just guessed it was just a good guess yeah great guess so I don't want to leave out Hannah Kotoba, and I'm so sorry if I said that wrong. I don't know anything about Japanese. It's Hannah Kotoba, which is Japanese floriography, and it is a practice unto itself. Um, I could not find a ton of information about it, but it is very similar. Um, so the reason I bring this up is because if you perhaps have a Japanese lover, and you are sending emotions, uh, you're sending flowers to each other, perhaps knowing, like I said before, the meanings in their culture uh, as opposed to your culture would be a good idea because cactus in Victorian uh, culture could mean that like you hate the person and in Japanese floriography could mean you want to get it on with them. That was like lust and passion with sending someone a cactus. So good to know. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, it's important to know like the, the people that are sending it, uh, where they're coming from, the floral dictionary. But I think in the West, we're going to have very common ideas about red roses, white roses, yellow roses. And honestly, because the practice has kind of died out and we only know like the really common stuff, the the flowers that we still send each other or maybe um, the religious uh, signification in Christianity of, you know, like lilies or, you know, um, dogwood flowers, etc. Or cherry blossoms for, you know, spring and the resurrection. Um, so... Yeah, make sure that you know the difference between the cultures, the floral dictionary you're coming from, before you assume someone else knows what the heck you're talking about. Yeah, like maybe <laughs> you should send them a copy of the dictionary too. So you have the <laughs> Good same idea. dictionary. Exactly. So I guess in in uh, Victorian uh, in Victorian times where this is popular, people would actually carry them around with them, like carry little pocket dictionaries of floriography with them. I would love to find one. I'm not sure I can because it's uh, past 100 years old at this point, but um, it would be so much fun. I'm going to eBay right this second. Yeah, I know. It'd be it'd be really cool, and I'm sure maybe I could find them on. Um, what is that, like, a bunch of archived sites that do old stuff? Oh, you most definitely could find it on Project Gutenberg. Thank you. That's what I was thinking of. I wonder if you could get it, like, printed. Could uh, be. So there. So I came across this lovely, lovely book called Floriography, and it's generally, it's basically newish. Um, I think it was published recently. By an artist named Jessica Rue, and totally look it up. It is a gorgeous book, gorgeous book. And I have not bought it yet. It's still in my cart. I'm actually going to go to an actual brick and mortar bookstore. I can't even believe that's going to happen. And look for this book to see if I can like kind of worship it 
before I buy it. (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of see it. It's gorgeous. So I totally suggest that. So it's kind of come up again. And when I was looking for information, that book definitely came up. So let's get into where did floriography go? Because you and I know about roses. And that that was about all for me. Violets are listed as a as a loved one, definitely. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of loved ones. Like, uh, I it's there were so many. I'm like, okay, well, which ones aren't for love? Because maybe you don't want to send love to people. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, so it is in love. Vials and violets are in love, and so is wisteria. Wisteria is an invasive plant here. Like, <laughs> if I sent it to you, uh, Emily. I, would you be like, why did you send me an invasive plant? It's very pretty, but... <laughs> I wouldn't mind so much because I do think wisteria is really pretty. Um, Definitely. I, I tend to be the type of person... Uh, I have a fairly large background in invasive plant species management, but I tend to understand that people don't necessarily know that or care, and so mm-hmm. I don't fault people for it. So if you gave me wisteria, I'd be like, this is really pretty, thank you, and then I'd probably put it in a plastic bag and throw it away. <laughs> Exactly. See, I know you and that would be like, that's weird. I'm like, I've been a gardener pretty much my entire life Mm -hmm. um, from when, you know, I would go out in my grandma's garden with her and help her like dig stuff up and weed. So I'd be like, why would you send someone an invasive plant? (laughs) Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the type of thing there where I would be surprised that you would do it because you know, I mean, you're, you're significantly better with plants than I am. Uh, mm-hmm. So you would know, but anyway. Anyway, knowing the symbolism between people is important. <laughs> so where did it go? Uh, why do we only know like, like roses and forget me nots? Because forget-me-nots, forget-me-not, you know? So World War I sucked. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've heard that. It sucked. (laughs) I think the suckiness of World War I is understated, in fact. (laughs) And it totally is. Like, you hear about, you hear about the trench warfare and how flippin' cold it was in Europe. That's what I always hear about. How muddy and wet and cold it was and how ill-suited people were. Like, they didn't have enough clothing. They didn't have uh, enough, you know, stuff to keep them warm. They were in wet mud in, the win- in like, one of the coldest winters on record. It just sounds awful. Awful. So yes, World War One happened. There was a lot less frivolity uh, during that time, um, and so it kind of fell out of favor. The the ha- the silly secret messages of you know Victorian times seemed a lot less important. Plus, the repression of Victorian era, um, more freedom of communication happened. The degree of subtlety of sending someone violets and wearing a bouquet over your heart was was seen as unnecessary. You could just like in the 1920s, you could just be like, you know, I I think you're the bee's knees. Let's go out and dance, you know, kind of a thing. So 
it it kind of fell out of favor. There's World War One, of course, the and then after the the 1920s, um, and then there was a lot more freedom of movement, freedom of uh, communication, less subtlety was needed, and then of course the red poppy, which went from a, a symbol of uh, I believe it was playfulness. I might be wrong on that. There's so many symbols of all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. The red poppy at that time became a symbol of fallen soldiers because of uh, the springs, the spring and all the poppies in Finder's Fields sprouted up and that's where a ton of people had died. So um, Memorial Day is generally a time when red poppies are symbolized. So my point being... The symbols of the flowers have changed with the times as well. So the red poppy is for fallen soldiers. Um, Things just change, definitely. Roses, you know, roses and their significant have pretty much stayed the same. Um, that's why we know them, but who would, who would know that depending if you give someone a striped carnation or a pink carnation, like the feeling changes. I certainly wouldn't know that. No. And it's also, uh, with the, with the rise of the teleflora, (laughs) um, call in, get some flowers for somebody that lives far away. You're not being very selective. You know, it's the type of thing where it's like, please make a bouquet for this person with what you have in your store at the moment. Yes. And you could, you could be sending something that is like, I wish death on you. And I love you. (laughs) Definitely. Which I find hilarious, but. And so it's got to lose its meaning or we're sending some extraordinarily, like, I want to think, I want to look up. My mom once got a bouquet it was the weirdest bouquet of sunflowers and pink roses. Oh. It, it looked awful. Why would you put those together? <laughs> That's so weird. Yeah, I think, and it had to just be what the florist had. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Sunflower. Totally. Uh, Are you on A to Z flowers? No, but I will be. Let me go to A to Z flowers. My mom listens to this podcast, so she'll get a kick out of this. <laughs> Great. Uh, and it was just because uh, one of her friends was like, okay, I'm going to hire this florist to send these. And then it was just the ugliest. Oh, this is all by... um. Pink Rose is admiration, joy, and gratitude. Okay. And then let's look up Sunflower. Yeah. Sunflowers. I don't know if they're in Asteria. Helianthus. There we go. There we go. Helianthus. Let's see. Let's see. Faithfulness, worship, admiration, and loyalty. I mean, so that tracks, but terrible choice together. What? Yeah. It, that looks, I mean, my that mom got horrible. like two nice small bouquets out of it when she separated them so that they didn't look absolutely crazy together. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even understand. Like... Why? Pink it's, and pink and yellow are generally not put together. But like, so pink in like a in like a pastel sense, maybe. But like bright freaking sunflowers. I don't yeah, get that. Yeah, it's like bubblegum pink with bright yellow. Yeah, no. <laughs> I could see it as like something a child would put together. Yeah. <laughs> well at least it was a nice meaning of like 
It's kind of like a friendshipy bouquet. Yeah, that's nice. It would also look insane on a pin on somebody's chest. <laughs> Just a big sunflower <laughs> and a pink rose. <laughs> Giant. <laughs> well, and also, you like, you could hold the bouquet. Like, you wouldn't have to, like, put it in your little tussy-mussy holder. You, it also, like, if you were going to hold the bouquet, like I would suggest for a sunflower, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, You depending on how you held it out in public, like, if you held it off to the side, that might mean something. Or if you held it to your, to your heart, or if you wore it in your hair, those all meant different things. Mm-hmm. Um, which I find fascinating and completely exhausting. Like, that's how I feel about Victorians. It's like fascinating, but they exhaust me. <laughs> that's a pretty fair distillation of <laughs> Victoriana in general. Yeah, definitely. Fascinating, but wow. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is fun, um, and I learned this on uh, YouTube, that Kate Middleton, when she got married to uh, Prince William, she got married to Prince William, right? Yes. Okay, cool. I thought so. So when she got married to Prince William, um, her bouquet actually meant something, which I found uh, fascinating. So she had a white bouquet, um, as is traditional, I guess, in royal marriages, Um she had Lily of the Valley, which symbolizes happiness. Sweet William, which, oh, that's so cute, yeah. means gallantry. <laughs> a hyacinth, a hyacinth, which, uh, loveliness. Uh, myrtle, and this is great. This was actually really cool. The myrtle flowers that they, uh, Kate Middleton's bouquet had, the myrtle tree had actually been planted by Queen Victoria. So the... Every person who's gotten married since has had flowers from this myrtle tree in their bouquet. I was like, oh, that's really cool, actually. So, yeah, some people are still doing it. It sounds like it's a big traditional thing um, with royal marriages, which is cool. Um, But otherwise, I don't think anybody would have known this. I certainly didn't know it until I was looking up stuff about floriography. Yeah, I wouldn't have known. Yeah, no. But I thought, oh, I was like, that's sweet and sweet, William. I was like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The royal family really likes uh, sending messages with small tokens or gestures. It's a very common discussion in tabloid journalism about what the jewelry they choose means. You see, I don't pay any attention to that. I, I have no idea. Like, I had to actually make sure that she married Prince William. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, oh, did she marry? But, oh, okay, yeah. I accidentally caught their wedding on television. I was, like, up waiting to go to work or something like that and turned on TV when we still had cable way back when and... Turns out they were getting married, and I was like, "Holy, holy canasta! It's a royal wedding." <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> so yeah, that that is my discussion of floriography. Uh, nobody really uses it anymore, except you know on Valentine's Day when you gotta buy your honey some red roses. Um, But flowers are pretty, and we like them. And I think that's it. And I love your comments about. 
uh, sending flowers to people not knowing what they mean and then maybe looking them up later. I love that. Yeah. Or like decoding what the bouquet means when you just get sent something random from a florist. Right. Exactly. I kind of love that idea. Yes. Or just like looking online at teleflora sites for stuff that they have. So the flower shop that I work at, um, we do have a teleflora site. But because we buy so many local flowers, um, we don't have what is on the picture a lot of the time. And so we have to reject it because, you know, teleflora uh, under yeah, under charges for a lot of stuff. Um, oh, sure. Flowers are expensive. So I find it fascinating to look on Teleflora stuff and just be like, why? (laughs) 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 So yeah, that'd be totally fun to look at. Some of it does seem to just be put together with like the loudest colors possible. Yeah. And I mean, I understand that if you're sending something to someone in the hospital, you want it to be bright and cheery. I get that. But yeah. Or even in like an office building, you want something that's going to catch the eye. Mm Mm-hmm. But as far as like artfully putting together stuff, I don't see much on Teleflora that suggests that I would go with a local florist for something like that because those people actually, they spend their lives like learning the art of floral design, which is pretty fascinating and not something I knew anything about until I started working at Flower Shop and learned that floriography was a Victorian thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Now yes. I want to do a blog about the floriography of grocery store bouquets. Oh my God. That would be so much fun. And not to dunk on, you know, grocery store florists in that it's always like a floral counter. They do good jo- a good job, like making sure that the bouquets are nice. Mm-hmm. I'd just be really curious about what they mean since we've sort of, as you said, like lost the art of floral meaning so what what have they accidentally constructed as a message so i was in wegmans the other day and after i learned that uh, cactus could either mean i hate you or i want to get it on with you like it means lust <laughs> i saw like these bouquets that had calancho which is a succulent um cactus and then i think it had some like little weird like little roses in it and i was like oh what did that's weird (laughs) (laughs) they were very nicely put together they looked very nice but i was like i wonder what that means (laughs) i I want it might be a new project for us sarah yes i love it so fun (laughs) (laughs) oh that's very cool yes so thank you for joining us we have all the things we have all the social medias twitter Uh, We don't have Facebook, so I was a liar. We don't have all the social medias, but we do have an Instagram. You can find us on our website at wheredoesitpodcast.com. You can email us. You can send us flowers. (laughs) Sure. Have a a great day. Bye.